And so when your environment changes and you are, you are less skilled just by the nature of the environment changing, it's really easy to approach that with fear. Like, you know, the whole world is used to seeing me be an amazing teacher. And now I'm struggling to reach way fewer kids on Zoom. And so what does that mean for my work? So it was kind of a pivotal moment for me as a teacher leader. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. As we get ready for our virtual conference, What's Right in Education, on November 17th and 18th, some of our presenters will be joining me on this podcast to help you get to know them better. To learn more about our virtual leadership conference, What's Right in Education, visit studereducation.com events. Today, I'm proud to welcome one of our partners and presenters, John Malone, Director and CEO of Northwestern Illinois Association, better known as NIA. It's a service organization providing a variety of support to member school districts. John has an extensive background in special education prior to joining NIA, was a principal at Rockford Public Schools. Now I'll let John tell you a little more about NIA, the services they provide, and their relentless focus on employees and customer service. So I'm so happy to introduce to you today, John Malone, and welcome him to our show. I've had an opportunity of connecting with John over the years, and truly, John, one of my favorite people to connect with and to talk with. So thank you for being with us today. Hey, thank you for having me. I am a fan of the pod, so it's really, really cool um, to be invited to be on. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Let's start, John, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about the Northwestern Illinois Association and its mission. I know it's extremely valuable to you and the work that you do. I would love to. So we shorten up um, our name to NIA. And um, NIA is a special education cooperative that came into being in the late 60s. And that was really a time when The schools were assuming the responsibility of providing special education services. So it was brand new at the time. And our earliest work was to help our member districts screen students for hearing loss. So, oh, wow. Many decades later. John, that's pretty cool. That's pretty wild. I mean, I didn't realize that. So neat. Yeah, that's how we started getting into the mix. A few decades later, it has expanded, and today uh, NIA provides a range of special education and related services to somewhere north of 30 partners, and we span 10 counties in northwestern Illinois. We do, as I said, specialize in providing services to students with hearing and vision losses. We also do a lot of business with occupational, physical, and speech therapies. So we do quite a bit for our customers. And our mission is to provide, of course, unmistakable value to our customers so that we get invited back to work with their students again and again. Yeah. So I know you've had that great, you know, service focus, you know, because of that. And so the cooperatives like your cooperative at NIA, John, is it unique to Illinois or do you see things like your cooperative across the United States? 
That's a good question. I see parallels, I think, in Illinois. However, the school districts evolved and the cooperatives evolved. I would describe it as a natural pattern and they evolved around need. I think when I look at some of our neighbor states like like Wisconsin, they have a similar maybe supportive structure, but I think it's a little more organized on that point of view. So, or from that perspective, they know who their customers are according to what region they're in. In Illinois, our customers are whoever keeps inviting us back. I hear you. I did. That's what I thought. And I just, I heard that come out and I just wanted to make that distinction because that's, it's really significant. And I I know you've worked hard to have that good service excellence component. In episode 33, uh, back a while back, John, KK joined me on the show and discussed the concept that you coined, you know, unmistakable value. And she continues to talk to us about that constantly. And what does unmistakable value mean to you and your team? I kind of think of unmistakable value maybe in two concepts. So it goes without saying that we want to provide quality services to students. Providing quality services definitely adds value to what our customers are trying to do for their stakeholders. The second part, or the word unmistakable in our mission, means that we provide services in a way that delight our customers and their stakeholders. And that we're committed to going that extra mile to ensure that our customers see NIA in a really positive light. Because we know perception matters. And our teammates understand that both pieces of the mission are needed in order for us to be invited back, like I've been saying. And I, you know, just a little take off of that. I know you've done such an excellent job with creating the standards of service excellence in your organization and, you know, using those as a, as the guide. One of the things, John, it's, uh, yeah, it's so interesting. As, as I've asked individual leaders that we work with, what's been the work that you've done as we've worked with you that's been most important? And they say two things, the standards and lead arounding. And it's so, it's just so interesting to hear that, but I know you've done such a great job with the standards. Just talk a little bit about what those standards mean to me and like how you, how you all really focused on those. There's a lot there. We started a few years ago on working with our coach KK around developing a set of standards. And at the time we already had core values. So we went back, you know, back to our teammates to make sure that those values were correct first. And then we went through the process. I think you actually have a podcast about this process around creating a culture of excellence. And so we did some of that work that you described in terms of getting a key group of people together to really put definitions around what does it mean to live our values and have them be really explicit and concrete ways that we can all come together and function as a team, even though we're coming from the outside, we come from different lives, different backgrounds, different cultural beliefs. And so it is so critical. I think anytime a leader is bringing together people from different backgrounds and different value systems to come together and agree on and define what does it look like in our arena so that we can all cooperate on a higher level. I love it. And you are a model, 
John. I mean, just a model and the way that you've that you've done that in your organization. And it's you know, as I talked about it, people have seen our leaders have seen it to be important in the crisis. I know your team has had to <laughs> react to this COVID crisis of 2020 as well. You know, and and you all have had to play on the vulnerability and use the standards probably as helpful there. So, you know, how has vulnerability, you know, played a role in that and with your leadership and what you've done as you've tried to lead your team through this crisis? Well, I'm proud to say that my teammates have been amazing uh, in the ways that they've adapted to the realities of the pandemic. And we struggle just like everyone else, I think, as you were alluding to. So in the early months of the pandemic, like everyone else, we needed to completely change the ways we interacted with our students and with our peers. And so in an instant, our teammates kind of went from being consciously or unconsciously skilled to a place where they were less skilled. And here, you know, I'm I'm a veteran teacher and I'm forced to do my outreach via this weird thing called Zoom. <laughs> and so that isn't an easy change for people. When I looked out, I guess, or when we were doing leader rounding, actually, this is something that really comes up through leader rounding. Uh, We saw two trends, Janet. We saw lovely examples of adaptation and those people who are out there just taking the risks and jumping in and making discoveries and sharing with their teammates new best practices for our reality. And then I saw a second trend, which was some of what I like to call perfectionist thinking. (laughs) which is where your teammates are on the verge of getting stuck when they're afraid that their work won't be exceptional. And so when your environment changes and you you are less skilled just by the nature of the environment changing, it's really easy to approach that with fear. Like, you know, the whole world is used to seeing me be an amazing teacher and now I'm struggling to reach way fewer kids on Zoom. And so what is that mean for my work. So it was kind of a pivotal moment for me as a teacher leader. And there were times, I don't know, I'm sure you've experienced this in your teaching days, when you are called upon to help your students adapt to something that was coming from outside the classroom. It wasn't your math lesson or (laughs) you were a university teacher, so I'm sure you were doing high level things. But you needed to help your students kind of work with what was happening in their lives. And I think this was the same for me and the leaders at NIA. And I think Quint Studer really said it so nicely in one of your earlier podcasts that in these moments, we want to help people choose character over comfort. Yes. And Mm -hmm. so I was asking myself, you know, what lesson could I use to maintain the high levels of adaptation and new learning while kind of reducing the likelihood that my teammates would get stuck in that perfectionist thinking. Because when they worry about failing or that their work won't be perfect, it interrupts their ability to move forward. Yes. And learn from those experiences. John, it's such a great example of sometimes we think that high performers are going to be the ones who are going to change quickly and going to be able to adapt to that change, but that's not really what your show is. We've said that's really not the case. We got to pay attention to our high performance because they're used to being high performing. And when they have to make that change, it's extremely difficult for them. It's just a perfect example of that. Definitely. Yeah. We need to help them manage their expectations, you know, because we're all human. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. 
That's good. So good, good. We chose to invest time talking about courage and vulnerability. And for the sake of how we were thinking about things at NIA, courage is something that you need anytime you take a risk because the result isn't guaranteed and you might fail. And the ability to accept failure in a risky situation is what we refer to as vulnerability. Wow. Those two really interplay and I'm the worst person to explain <laughs> them, but there fortunately is a lot of good work going on out there around yes. courage and vulnerability. And so, so important, you know, right now I, uh, I've learning that myself, John, you know, as we, I've, I feel like I've become much more vulnerable in the last seven or eight months, you know, of my leadership. I think my team would probably say that as well, you know, just with things that we share, things that we choose to share, the way we've built connections with each other, um, not planned, but just feels like something that you really are, are called to do to really be helpful to people. So um, just value that you've done that and value that you listen to your people so that you know you can provide them with an opportunity to do that. We'll be better, John, in the long run for the connections that we've made with our people, I think. You know, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. So can I tell you a couple things that we did? Yeah, please. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you did. As part of our work with our team around courage and vulnerability, we did a, a few key things that I think are simple. Number one, we thanked people at all levels for demonstrating courage. And this is really that work we do with reward and recognition every day. We're trying to tease out what's going well and who's doing it and just letting them know, you know, thank you for doing this important learning work. It's different than the work we were doing before the pandemic, but this is just so important and celebrating those kind of the innovative solutions that people are developing to solve problems. We also put some keywords around perfectionist thinking, and we did, like I said, describe it as an inability to be vulnerable or fail. And I think in a culture, just having keywords or a shared definition of a concept is enough to get people talking about the right, right? It's enough to push people towards choosing character over comfort. And finally, we modeled courage by conducting an extra employee engagement survey right in the middle of the challenge. Yeah, because we were really serious about honoring the courage that they were demonstrating and figuring out as leaders what we can do to elevate that work even more. And that was turned out to be a, a really nice survey. And we learned a lot of things and we helped a lot of people. And boy, just to gain that input on things that you're doing that are different and really understand the impact that that it's making, you know, just highly significant, John. Again, just great continued work. I mean, just from your service excellence work at the beginning to just your creativity and how to how to manage to things, just phenomenal leadership. I just respect you so much as a as a leader and just a person in terms of how who you are and how you interact with people. You know, what advice based on the conversation today, you know, what advice could you give your fellow leaders and colleagues as we work toward, you know, the end of of this fiscal year? Well, thank you. And I really have appreciated my relationship with you too, Janet. And I take 
far more from you than I give. Um, but this is what I would maybe say to my colleagues. Vulnerability skills or the ability to take risks knowing that the results aren't guaranteed are at the heart of everything we need to do and have happen in a culture that's committed to excellence. The risk of failure is baked into any worthwhile journey. Mm. And you can't learn without failure, which means that you can't get better without failure. You can't place your trust in teammates without taking risks. And you can't accept accountability for a team result if you don't have the courage or the vulnerability skills mm. to do that. And so if those things are not in line in your culture, you might be headed for some trouble. So I think consciously building a team that will choose character over comfort is a better plan. Yeah. You know, if individual leaders would take what you just said to heart and transfer that into their leadership practices, we'll be better leaders. But you know what, John, we'll transfer that and be a better world. And that's exactly, we need to be a better world. <laughs> you know? I completely agree. Yeah. And that's, that's the part of your story today that I, I really love is not only do we transfer it into our professional practices, but we can transfer it to our professional lives. Just appreciate you so much and appreciate you being here today. Thanks, John. Thank you, Janet. Thank you. I'm so thankful for leaders like John Malone, who really put a high priority on service, service excellence. Years ago, he started with that in mind, and he stayed true to that by providing great service to the people who work with him and for him and to those he serves each and every day. We can learn a lot from John. So I hope you'll come to the virtual event and join us at What's Right in Education. And again, visit studereducation.com slash events so that you can learn more from John and other leaders who have done some phenomenal things over the years to achieve excellent results. Thank you for joining in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week, everyone.